Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 Podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Path 11 podcast. If you are an animal lover, if you have animals, if you've always been connected to animals, and you can't imagine your life without animals, I have a feeling you are going to love this podcast because we are going to get into learning a little bit more, possibly about our soul contracts with our animals, how our animals are really here to help us, to heal us, and ways that we could really be better human beings to our fur babies. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I have four, five, I have three cats, two dogs, So I'm really excited to talk to my guest and see what she has to say maybe about some of my animals and my contract with my animals. But my guest today is Tammy Billups, and she is a celebrated international holistic practitioner for humans and animals, an award-winning author of three best-selling books about the animal-human-soul partnership. She's a certified interface therapist and healer to the healers. In addition, she's a pioneer and global educator on the many levels of animal-human relationships and has created experiential masterclass courses for those interested to learn more about the topics in her books. Moreover, she's the inventor of the groundbreaking paradigm-shifting modality, Tandem Healings, which accelerates the healing of humans and the animals with whom they share a soul bond. And the book that I had the chance to review is called and if you're watching the video, you can see it here, Animal Way Showers. Now, this is the first time I have actually heard of this term, so you're also going to learn about that if you haven't heard about this too. And it's the Lightworkers Ushering 5D Consciousness. And this is one of the reasons why I really wanted to have Tammy on my show. So we've had a couple of guests over the past, I would say, year and a half that have really started to talk about this 5D consciousness. What is this 5D consciousness? I wasn't understanding it at first when it had first come out. And now I understand that. And what I've really learned, and Tammy's going to tell us more about this, is that our animals are already in the 5D. So they that's why they possess this beautiful energy that is just amazing. So we're going to learn more about that today. And now I'd like to welcome our guest, Tammy Phillips. Hey, oh, how's it going? It's good. Thank you so much for having me, April. I'm looking oh. forward to our conversation. Yeah, I'm so glad that I found you because I was not familiar with some of your other books. And as being, you know, an animal lover myself, I find this work to be really fascinating. And I just really loved reading this book, The Animal Way Showers. And just, you know, it's like every page you turn, you're just thinking about your animal and thinking about how, you know, you can be better, you know, with them. And you're you're even teaching us ways in this book of how to communicate and not to communicate in the 3D way, but the 5D way. And I'll tell you a funny story because I tried that and it worked and I was like blown away. So why don't we start off first by learning a little bit more about you and clearly you're drawn you know to animals plus human beings you work with human beings as well Mm -hmm. Uh, but I guess I'd like to know a little bit more about why you've moved into the field of working with humans and animals yeah thank you for that question well that began probably 22 years or so ago 
And I've always wanted to help people to, and once I awakened to this new path, it was really holistic modalities that helped me to all of a sudden not be able to, not need to take eight medications I thought I was on. And so, you know how it is when we, when we experience something personally, we think, oh my gosh, people need to know about this. And so I enrolled in a four-year certification course for interface therapy, which is helping people to heal their emotional wounds, these five core emotional wounds and how they show up and the patterns show up in our, in our energy fields and how to identify them, how to heal them. And, and then in the middle of that process, I suddenly thought, hmm, I wonder if this works on animals because animals had always been my teachers and healers in the past. And I'd always let them in where I didn't let people in, which a lot of people are like this, depending on their backgrounds, of course, where they, you know, animals are safer to let in their hearts. And then they become, the universe uses them as these master teachers and healers for us because we signed up to, to evolve. So once I began trying to do the work that I had learned on animals, I was blown away by the results. But what was even more fascinating was that, you know, when I would tune into the animal's energy field and I could see an emotional wound pattern of, say, abandonment, which as we know a lot of animals have, if I tuned in and all to their person, they had the exact same primary emotional pattern near energy field. And I thought, hmm, what are the odds that in every single circumstance that that would be the case? And so that's when I began really diving into this beautiful relationship, the tandem shared healing relationship that many humans have with their animals, such that it will promote and induce this deeper healing that they're both signed up together to heal abandonment or to heal invasiveness. And so that kind of ended up becoming my niche because I tried to find information on this and I couldn't. It's not to say that there are, I'm sure there are a plethora of other healers that are doing similar work, just no one had written about. And so I began then just documenting my findings and ultimately found that when I work in tandem with people on their animals, with people initially call me for their animals that if I can, that it, if it eventually gets to the person being willing to take that journey with them, then that's when the results held longer for the animal and of course the person. Yeah. So you said so many interesting things there, but can we talk a little bit more about these contracts that we have with animals? Because I've had many people on talking about soul contracts with other human beings. And I guess I never... It's not that I never thought about having a soul contract with my animals. And I've always heard the saying, well, the animals pick you. You know, you don't pick them per se. But I don't know. I guess for some reason, I just had a disconnect with that and just kind of figured, you know, it was more about the human being soul contract. So would love to hear more about these contracts that we have with animals. Right. Well, I believe, I mean, there is that whole, they they pick us, we pick them. You know, and at some level, they do pick us, but at a soul level, we pick each other. And these are predestined contracts that we have to come together. And just through doing all the sessions that I've done over the past few decades or so, I've learned that we do have specific reasons why we're coming together. There's a higher purpose that we're looking to heal and evolve and learn to love at greater levels than ever before. So, yes, there's all 
different kinds of contracts we can have that might be operating simultaneously, not just one contract, but two. There's many different types of contracts that we can have with our animals. But the, I would say the closer you get emotionally to your animals, the more contracts are operating within the heart of your relationship. So people who are more detached or aren't drawn to animals, it's okay. They just don't have those types of contracts. That's not the way that they signed up to learn and to evolve in this life. But for those of us, like I'm jumping you in on this, for those of us that do get more emotionally attached to our animals and we call in that relationship, you can bet that there's a lot of different soul contracts and reasons why where you know we teamed up with that particular animal, and they're different for each person in the house too. So say that you know your significant other may have a different contract with the same animal that you have a contract with. So it's really fascinating. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And now you have me thinking too, because you know when my husband and I, you know, when we got together before we were married, we joined our animals together. And I love his as much as he loves mine. And they're like mine now, you know, I don't feel this disconnect. And so, you know, it's interesting to also think about that, an animal that wasn't in my life for a while, but then somehow, you know, we make our ways to each other and also seeing our animals interact, like our animals, when we got together and, you know, if anyone has animals and you are going to introduce them to new animals, especially cats or even dogs, you know, this could take a while. I don't know why it didn't, but our animals, our cats were like fine within a day. I've never seen anything like it because I've had to introduce cats before and like usually keep them in a room for a while, let the animal sniff maybe for about a week. And, you know, our animals, the, the, the cats were just like, yeah, hey, what's up? There was no hissing. There was no biting. They were using their little boxes together. We were just like testing out. All right, let's see how this goes. And same thing with our dogs. They're like the best buds. It was like, so maybe there's like a ton of contracts going on in our house. <laughs> but what are they here to kind of teach us? So, so we have these contracts. And like you said, for people like myself, maybe that might be more emotionally attached to the animals. What are they here to teach me? Why, what are, you know, what are those contracts more about? How can I really learn the lesson more, really get involved with this contract now that I have more of an awareness about it? Right, right. Well, I always say the first, the first step to learning more about the contracts is getting in more of a detached space, meaning getting to the higher perspective. So whenever you have an animal in the house that's depicting your negative behavior, let's say, or an out of normal behavior, all of a sudden, there's some type of message for you in that, in addition to their issues, of course. And, and we can, as soon as we get to the higher perspective, then that helps us to have clarity around what it might be that they're teaching us. So, you know, one of the types of contracts are obviously these emotional wounds that we're mirroring and healing together. So whenever you see and identify a particular emotional behavior within your animal, Kind of looking in, in the mirror and saying, okay, where, where might I have unhealed, you know, betrayal or unhealed, you know, when they're a reactor, a lot of times they get a lot of calls around the reactors, especially within dogs that are reacting to other ones. Well, where within us, you know, have we got any unhealed, you know, betrayal in our backgrounds? But there are also the pinnacle teachings. We know about those where they are here to teach us about peace and love and, and, patience and acceptance and living in that land of non-judgments 
I mean, these are the pentacle teachings that all animals are holding sacred presence for us around. And so that's another, you know, there I wrote about in animal subcontracts, I wrote about seven different kinds of contracts as I see them. And so the important thing, though, I think for anyone that's new to soul contracts is just realizing that you did come together for a reason and that their behavior is showing you something about yourself. And that doesn't mean you don't do anything about their behavior. But a lot of times once you get it, once you, you know, in that moment, that animal will stop the behavior on a dime. I'll give you an example in that before I did this work full time, I was I had another business that, you know, I needed for the financial part and was doing that simultaneously. And for years, I'm a little slow. So for years, my cat Sundance would sit. And when I was on a business call with the other business, she would meow at the top of her lungs. You know, I had to keep her out of the room. And then I had, to, then I would put her in, a, you know, when I would know I was going to have a call with the CEO and in another country, I would put her in the bedroom down the hall and they could still hear her. Is that your cat? And, and I would say, yeah, does anybody want a cat? You know, we'd all laugh. And, but then one day, you know, it started making me angry. That was the reaction. So it's noting, what are you, how are you reacting? So I would get angry. I'm like, why is she doing this, you know? And so one day I finally sat in meditation. I said, okay, where is this? What is this anger about? Well, the anger, I realized, was about doing this other business that I no longer wanted to do. And it was no longer feeding my soul. And so I went, got it. And then I put together a six-month plan to get out of that. But from that day forward, she never did that again. Wow. That's amazing. Ever. And so those types of instances are happening all the time with our animals. They're always representing something for us. And they're trying to get us some message. Sometimes we don't know, but we have to be open to pull back our energy and say, okay, how am I reacting? What emotion are they eliciting from me? Because they're trying to get, they're saying, you've got something in there you need up. So I had anger around doing this that I didn't really consciously realize. And so she was helping me, you know, she was pushing that button. So that's just one example anyway. Yeah. Well, so that makes me think, let me share my example with you. So my dog, Bowie, it was my mom's and my mom transitioned and passed. And then he came to me and he's a really good dog. I mean, you know, I've used him for therapy. You know, he can come in. He's like super chill. But his only little quirk that really aggravates me is he will not come when his name is called. You know, like we'll go out in the yard and the other dog does his business and he comes back and... Bowie just loves to roll around. He explores. And then, you know, sometimes it's a little while. Then I'm like, all right, come on, we gotta go. Come on, Bowie, come on. And he will just ignore you. He will just ignore. And he comes in on his own time. So as you're sitting here telling this story, I'm thinking about this. I'm like, okay. So it's kind of like on his own terms, right? On his own time. Doesn't want to be told what's you, I guess. But if I think about it, in the metaphor of calling him, wanting him to come. And I think about my relationship with my mom, that there were many times when I would need to call her and she would not come or she wasn't available. You weren't heard. Wasn't heard. Okay. Good one. Oh, that's even deeper. Yeah. You weren't, you weren't heard. That's what that's. Yeah. You weren't heard. That's it. And, and so he's showing you that, that that's where the work is. You know, of knowing that you, you're being heard and, and recognizing that part of you that needs to be heard. 
Wow. Oh my God. So intense. Makes me want to cry right now. So how do you, so what do you do with that? Right. So that's, thank you for that. That's really awesome awareness. So would you recommend that you just, I would then sit with that and go with that and be with that feeling and, you know, how does one come to resolution with that? Because like you came to resolution and then your chat stopped. So now maybe when I call Bowie, if I can get to this resolution, he's going to come when I call. So what you do is you notice when you're when your reaction is up around it, that you tune into that part of yourself that felt unheard and you just give her what she needs. You are so heard and you are so lovable. That usually goes back to feeling on a part of you. You know, it's not all of you, of course, you know, some younger part of yourself that feels unlovable and not heard and like you don't matter. And so, so when you start filling that part, whenever you notice your reaction, you know, I mean, obviously there can be healing work you can bring into, you know, around healing with your mom. But, but I would say, go within to that part that says you mad. I hear you. It's okay. And then you might find that the dog just turns around and Barry just turns around and just runs. Okay. Got it. <laughs> but try it. Um, just try that. I'm try so excited to try it. Yes, <laughs> I will. So I want you to also talk about, to let my listeners know a little bit more about what is this 3D and 5D consciousness, because you give some tips and you explain very well about the 5D consciousness and also how we can sometimes talk to our animals in 3D by saying like, good boy, good girl, and more the 5D consciousness language would be thank you. So I'd like to give you the opportunity to explain this piece and then we can go into a little Yeah, on those tips. Yes, I'd, I'd love speaking about that because we do tend to keep things in 3D duality by giving it good or bad or right or wrong. And I have found that we can really lift the behavior of the animals and our reaction to them by not seeing it as good or bad, because that's really labeling. And we, that goes back to our childhood stuff too. I mean, how many of us weren't constantly told we were bad or good? So when they do something that you like or behavior that's exhibiting that you're trying to get them out the door so you can close the door or whatever it is, just say thank you instead of saying good boy or good girl. Just say thank you. And then ask them politely to do it first. Just try it. I've been trying this, you know, for years and years and years with my animals. And it actually really works. You know, when they get in the closet, and I'm trying to close the door instead of like get my foot and moving them out. I just say, can you come out now? And mommy needs to close the door. And I'm just amazed at sometimes they just turn around and just, okay, I'll do that. And then I say, thank you. Because it's not because it, that it means that love is conditional if you're in 3D. You know, you do this and I love you. You do this and you're good. You do this and you're bad. And that really keeps us in 3D energy. We want to be lifted to the frequency of 5D, which is that all accepting, loving, non-struggle, non-duality space. So by, you know, saying thank you or instead of, instead of saying bad, you don't give energy to it at all. And you kind of redirect them in a way where you're not looking at them as they're bad. I mean, that just, it's just a 3D term that I found that when we can take that out of our vocabulary and it's hard because it's habitual, you know, we want to look at them and tell them they're good all the time as animal hours, but really being conscious of our language is contributes to the frequency of our lives. Yeah. So I tried this and you're right, it did work. So we have a next door neighbor that has a dog that comes out however many times a day and and he's a barker and you can tell he's that dog has like some anxiety I don't think he kind of gets a chance to run around all that much except for the front lawn so 
he comes out, he starts talking to our dogs, our dogs start barking and it's like a bark fest, right? And like, we're just so used to it now, but sometimes they'll go on for a little bit. So I tried it today and I just said, in my mind, so this is the other thing that you talked about, that we can speak to our animals through telepathy, through thought forms, thinking it. You don't actually even have to use your physical voice. So sometimes I'll correct their behavior and be like, okay, guys, all right, come on, let's go, you know, and try to get them to stop barking after a little while. Because I know that's what dogs do. So I don't want to not tell them they can't bark. They, of course, they can bark. You know, it's part of what they're doing. But when it gets to be, when I start to get a little irritated with the noise, like, all right, guys, come on, let's go. So today, in my mind, I started calling for them because I was in the bathroom when they were doing this. So I was like, you know, hey, Bowie, hey, Julie, come on, come here. And nothing quite happened yet. And then I said, thank you, guys. Thank you for barking. Thank you for protecting me. Now come here. and. Chewy, my husband's dog, came right in. I was like, whoa, <laughs> I was a little freaked out. But we kind of went a little bit because, you know, Bowie, he's not going to come when his name is called yet. Clearly, we got work to do. But then I just kept saying to him, thank you, Bowie. Thank you. Thank you. And his bark got quieter and quieter. And then he's like, Whoa. and then he was done. And then he came over to the to the bathroom door. I was trailing my hair fins and curled in for this podcast. And so I was just like, whoa, can it really happen that quickly? You know, so I want to keep doing it because, you know, I've, I read your book this week. So I was, you know, this is my first chance to really, I knew I was going to interview you today. So I was like, all right, let me try this today and see what happens. And it worked. Yeah, it well, really does. It's amazing. <laughs> and it can, it can change on a dime. It, it really can. Yeah. So, and so... Were you just kind of practicing this or how, how did you begin to like develop these techniques or know that they work? Gosh, I mean, it's just over the years, I think probably the animals taught me, you know, with my clients as well. And I just, you know, with giving guidance to help clients, you kind of learn with feedback what works and what doesn't. And through my own as well. I mean, the animals I've shared my heart and home with are, are my greatest teachers, of course. You know, yeah. so, so yeah, I just, I mean, probably through trial and error a bit, but a lot of times, you know, things just come through in spirit and you just, there's just a better way of doing things. And the more you're holding a higher vibration, the more you have knowing of, of what is the more loving, what would love do in this situation of right. asking yourself that. Yeah. So, and this, this question probably should have been the first one. So we were kind of talking about it before we hit record, but I was saying that I wasn't familiar with the term way shower. And you said, Oh, I've been very familiar with this. And I was laughing and said, I don't want to pronounce this wrong and say way showers, you know, but you know, when you look at it quickly, it's like way showers. No, it's way showers. So can you define what is a way shower in case maybe there's some other people that have never heard of this term before and why you selected that for the title of your book? Yes. Well, it's a term that, that I've known for a long time and depicting someone that is, I mean, we're familiar with the term light worker. Yes. And the light workers are here to serve the planet, others. And a way shower just kind of takes that of a notch. And the way showers are here to like light workers that are very strong intentions to serve others at greater level. And that doesn't mean necessarily a thousand people versus five. It just means that you're holding a higher vibration for those around you. And sometimes, you know how an animal can walk in a room and everyone feels better by seeing the animal. Mm -hmm. You know, we think, well, that's just because they're a dog and I like dogs. No, <laughs> 
That's not the case because they're holding a certain vibration and we're responding to that. Just like when we hold a newborn infant or a puppy or a kitten. I mean, they're holding that higher vibration and we're responding to, we're immediately feeling better because we're in the weight of that vibration. And so a way shower can hold a higher frequency of light. And they have very intentionally, you know, arrived to serve others in that manner. And they tend to be more detached in nature because they have that down. They know they're not, they're not trying to create codependent relationships to feel full and good. They have that ability to be more detached. So frequently the service animals and and many of the animals that I know that are serving at a higher level, when you get to know them, they're not all, you know, needy. They're not needy at all. They're more detached. They're just holding this frequency. They don't need the treats to feel good. You know, they just, they just were work. And so, and there are many, of course, people, human way showers as well, but there, I think there's a larger percentage of animal way showers than what there are, you know, in comparison to the percentage of, of humans that are way showers because they don't lose that connection. Right. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier that I wanted you to talk a little bit more about the tandem healing. So, yes. Yeah. Tandem healings are something like I almost alluded to earlier where I began wondering if I worked on the animal and the person simultaneously. If the, you know, because people will call me for a certain behavior to work on their animal and then they would miraculously be better. And then the person will call me a week or two later. So yeah, but they started again, you know, and I thought, well, I wonder if the person was engaged with working on their mirroring shared issue together, would the results be longer lasting and more sustained? So. I started doing that. I asked for volunteers. I offered this half price great deal initially and, and invited them to commit to a minimum of four sessions once a week. And I just wanted to see what happened. So I did whole hundreds of case studies around this where I would reconnect simultaneously to the person and the animal. And the energy organically goes to the soul contract, goes to what they have arrived together to work on. And so I began doing that and I found that, oh my gosh, this is it. Well, so what would happen frequently is that the animal's furring, I mean, whatever behavior it was, it's fine after two or three sessions. And then the person went, you know, I think we're just going to do me today. Yeah. Just do you. And then it became where we're working on the person and the animal is done to like, she got it. He got it. Uh You know, I'm good now on this contract because there's always many different ones that are operating so it's not like when you, many people will will be questioning me they'll say well we if we complete the contract does that mean the animal's going to pass because they had heard that out there as well oh. and i say no 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 there's plenty of contracts and you can create new ones you know all the time yeah i had given a client of mine your information and I told her, I was like, well, I'll ask Tammy and just, you know, see, but I have a feeling she's going to contact you no matter what, especially after, you know, what we're learning here today. But I Thank just, you. yeah, my heart goes out to this one client because she's an animal lover too. Cats, right? Has quite a few, I think maybe four now, four or five. And, and one had, I think, passed away and then a stray kind of showed up, you know, and came in. 
But the issue that they were having, and they've spent so much money, too, on like trying to figure out with the cats, is there something medically wrong? One of the cats did have a urinary tract infection. So it kind of started with that. One cat had one. They were trying to figure out which of the cats. They figured out which it was. The animal gets treated. But then all of a sudden, like the cats start spraying. And and they're having like a really hard time doing, I mean, now they're like, you know, hundreds of dollars with the carpets. She has tried every product on the market to spray stuff so that they don't spray. And basically it came down to that the vets were saying, we think that this is a behavioral issue. She eventually brings all the cats in, has them tested for bladder and urinary tract stuff. Everybody's in good shape, but now this behavior is happening. And so I was like, well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Okay, so what does she do? Because I I had mentioned, I was like, maybe you should talk to an animal communicator, you know, and that, like you said, that's not something that you do, but I didn't know what else, you know, to like offer to her. And it didn't sound like the vets did either. They were just like, well, this is a behavioral thing. And then, you know, here you have this, you know, person that's like loving the cats and the husband's getting, you know, really agitated by it because, you know, the smell and she doesn't have a good sniffer. So she's not really affected by the smell. But the amount of hours every day that she puts into cleaning and spraying and trying to get this under control and eliminate, you know, parts of the house now that the cats can go in. I mean, it's like, it's exhausting, you know, she's really exhausted from it and emotionally, and it's been really trying, you know, on them both. So I was wondering, you know, if you have any insight into that type of behavior where it wasn't there before, and now all of a sudden it is. Right. Well, there's, and this is one of the biggest, you know, things that can happen with cancer. It brings up so much frustration and anger and, and again, with any behavior that your animals are exhibiting, you want to look at what emotion it's triggering within us, yeah. you know, and then, you know, kind of get to that meditative place of, okay, so what within, where within me might I have anger that I haven't expressed elsewhere in my life? You know, I remember one time I, I had a new client that, you know, this was certainly woo-woo for her, but she was at her last resort of, do I, you know, she was just going to drop the cat off at, at the, you know, humane society. And that was against every fiber of her being. And in the first session, I said, I asked her, you know, because the cat was holding so much anger for her. And she was lovely. She, you know, she was a lovely person. And I said, where might there be in your life some other place that you maybe aren't able to express your anger? And then there was a long pregnant pause. And then there were lots of tears. And it was my boss. I hate him. Every single day I get in my car and I just think I hate this man. And then all the way home, I'm thinking, if that cat's peed outside the box one more time, that's going to be it. And of course, she'd go home and the cat's peed outside the box because the cat's easy. I'm helping you move out your anger. I'm helping you move out your anger. And so I suggested to her another way to move out her anger, you know, because she wasn't in a place where she could just quit her job or whatever. So she did. And immediately um, she she would go home and do a treadmill anyway. The cat never did it again. Not once, not ever. And I didn't know that for six months because I didn't hear from her again. Sometimes you don't hear. And now all of a sudden I got this long letter in the mail to my P.O. box. And she said, he's never done it again. And I thank you because I love it. You know, I don't want to get rid of him. So I tell the story for obvious reasons, right? So there was probably something that occurred where there might be some unexpressed anger and maybe it's helping 
one or both of them tap into something from their childhood or something even between the two of them, mm-hmm. you know? And so I know I've, I've had this issue a couple of times as well, but once I identified what it was, the behavior wasn't a lifelong thing at all, at all. And that's what you hear with cats is that, oh my gosh, they're going to be doing this forever and right. I can't, and this isn't okay. And it isn't okay because it's your furniture and it's your things and it can be really frustrating. So allowing in some compassion, I would, I would encourage your client to bring some compassion in for herself around this and then get to that higher perspective and see where there might be another, you know, another something, another place in their lives. Maybe it's a long time ago where they weren't allowed to express in this way. And so it can be kind of frustrating, but my, but my, my advice is always going to go to what the person can do. And then, of course, they should be checking like they are around if there's UTIs, if there's anything going on. And, and of course, animals can have karma between each other as well. So sometimes that's up and they have their own soul contract. So there are many different levels to it of options for what it could be. And, and, I, and this is actually one of those issues. The, the cat peeing outside the box is a big issue. And I have stories of those in each of oh, my first book, for sure, both of them that might help raise awareness mm. to go, okay, okay, so it might be this. And you'll know you get it when all of a sudden that behavior just stops. Yeah. You know, well, it's, it's fascinating it's, to me. Yeah, it really is. I'm excited to see her again. So I'm going to see yeah. her soon. So okay. we'll be Good. able to have that conversation. And uh, yeah, so like one of the last things I wanted to talk about before we have to end, as you can see behind me, I have a lot of sound healing equipment. And so I absolutely love that you put sound healing in animals in this book. And his name escapes me. Michael? Michael. Yes. That worked with sound and gave some really nice testimonials about the way that the animals would respond to sound. Oh, Don. Don Simmons. Yeah, I have oh, that Don. with Don okay. Simmons. Yes. yes. The story at the beginning with Raglan is what I love. And that's with Michael. Yes. With yes. Don, yes. Yeah. And, you know, when I first got my crystal sound healing bowls and I played them at home for the animals and, you know, for my husband first, I was a little afraid, like, oh, are these sounds going to be too loud for them? Are they going to, you know, not be okay? And he had mentioned that animals tend to respond a little bit better to the lower sounds, higher sounds can kind of aggravate them. But my animals all went to sleep. They all came into the room and went to sleep. And what I loved about this, and I'm going to read it at one of my sound healing classes, is that we all know that the placebo works, right? The placebo effect is a real thing. But he had mentioned, or you had mentioned in that that one chapter, that there is no placebo effect with animals. Right. So the fact that they responded, you know, and as quickly as they do, it's not it's not like us with human beings where we have the mind and we can play with that placebo effect. And I was like, oh, this is an, a great a great example why sound healing really works. So yeah. I was wondering, have you experienced or used any sound healing techniques with your animals or any of your clients' animals? Or why was it important to you to put that in the book? Well, it was important because I it's a it's a wonderful 5D healing tool that goes under the radar so so frequently. And I use it in the home all the time for my animals, but I let them choose. Like what Don suggested, Don Simmons suggested in that they'll let you know what they like and what they don't like. And and I love the example though of Michael Burke in the beginning of that chapter where he donates. I connected him with this no-kill shelter, Good Muse. And he would bring in his instruments and his 
big free roaming room where the kitties are all running around together, like a hundred of them. They pick people bring in a mat and listen to a sound journey. They lay on the floor. And of course, the cats are there too. But in one of his first journeys or first few, Raglan, the kitty, everybody, he only knew Raglan as the kitty who you didn't get near because she's going to bite your finger off, right? And so he just knew to let Raglan be Raglan wherever she was. And so he's playing the flute, though, during a sound journey. And all of a sudden, he feels a kitty stand because there were there are towers all around him of course the kitty towers the kitty watched for one of the towers behind him and he didn't even know which kitty it was at that moment and raglan was there well here's the deal about raglan raglan is deaf right and right. and so and so again with the placebo proving your point in that raglan then he was playing this loop and he could feel raglan and Raglan kind of leaned down into the flute to get closer to the vibrations. because And she became this calm, peaceful cat every single time. You know, Michael would start playing. Not before or afterwards, but when he was playing, everyone could touch her. Yeah. I mean, isn't that... I mean, I just... These types of things, we need to know this because they... Gosh, if it works that well on Raglan. Exactly. You know, why wouldn't we be benefiting from the vibration? So it's a really important, I think, modality that I'd love for more and more people to learn more about. And that's why I interviewed Don Reed Simmons, who is one of the, he's just amazing shamans and world renowned. And I wanted to get that information in there for that reason. Same for crystal therapy also, but sound therapy. And I, cause I use the vote, but it's, it's really important tool that I think people can use that they don't realize how powerful it is. Yeah, I agree. So I thank you so much for putting it in your book. And, you know, where I am in New York, it's sound healing has really taken off around here, especially in the county that I work in. It's kind of like, remember the phase when all of a sudden all these yoga studios were popping up everywhere you went. It's like, oh, there's a new yoga studio. What's this yoga stuff coming here, you know, to the West? And now it's like a static dance around where I am. There's a lot of movement therapies, dancing and sound healing is really coming in. So I really appreciated that you put that in there. And I also loved the one story. I was one of the cats was getting a healing by a healer and the pendulum was kind of going over the cat. And you were talking about how the cats will be able to tell you in the spots where they need it or need works. Or there was a, I think it was a cat getting chiropractic care. It's my cat. Yes, your cat. Yeah, yeah. And, and that whenever the pendulum would go over a certain area of the cat, the cat would like turn its head and, and make a look. And then it was like indicating that that's where that sore spot was. Yes, they'll let you know. And, and I didn't realize when, when he did that, she said, see, he just let me know that. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't do it all the time. He would just do it in one or two places. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. They will let us know. Yeah, well, I think your book for me is definitely opening up my eyes to that higher dimension of looking at the animals. And it's like I do this with human beings and I almost feel embarrassed, like, oh, my God, how have I not been doing this with my dogs, you know, and my cat? But I'm so glad, you know, that I will now and really enjoyed playing around with some of your techniques, you know, especially today. And I'm going to continue and definitely look at the reflection within myself. So thank you for that gift of really helping me to hone in, you know, what my trigger is with Bowie not coming when his name is being called and how I can work on that within myself. So, and this, this is going to help me just even with other clients, you know, that I, that I work with too. So thank you. This is a real gift and 
Can you also let people know where they can find more about you and information, your books, your website, and how they can do sessions with you? And, uh, and then we'll, we'll close for today. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm more so a one-stop shop, TammyBillups.com, just my name, TammyBillups, B-I-L-L-U-P-S.com. I have master classes, healing sessions, everything is a book on, online on my website. And I'm on, you know, social media as well. So they can follow me there. I think most of my Tammy Billups healer, I think is where you can find me. But yes, thank you so much for having me here today. Yes, thank you. And thank you all for listening. And I hope even if some of you heard this podcast and maybe you're not an animal lover or you don't have any animals in your life, maybe that'll change. And for those of you who do have animals, I really hope that you begin to connect with them on a totally different level. And remember to thank them. Thank, thank the animal for just all the stuff that they have done for you and the way that they light up your life. So get the book, Animal Way Showers. Here it is. Here's the, the title, The Lightworkers Ushering in 5D Consciousness by Tammy Phillips. All right, everyone. Well, take care. Love your fur babies. Give them a kiss for me. And, uh, and take a look at yourselves, right? See what, see what your triggers are. Now that you know what mine are, write in, let us know. We'd love to hear your stories after the show and maybe what has changed with your animals. So have a wonderful day, everyone, and take care of yourselves. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the Path 11 podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Path 11 TV. Visit path11tv.com to start a seven-day free trial of exclusive video content on consciousness, healing, and life after death. That's path11tv.com. And be sure to use coupon code PODCAST30 to take 30% off your annual membership. Start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with a membership to Path 11 TV today. Bye for now.